This conversation with Harold was recorded in December of 2021. Harold passed away February 9th, 2022. Sego, Sewaguego, greetings everyone. Welcome to our Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast, focusing on Haudenosaunee cultural topics recorded on Haudenosaunee territory. Our podcasts are produced by Aboriginal Legal Services with the technical assistance of Humble Man Recording. My name is Lisa Venever from the Mohawk Nation and the Wolf Clan. I'm the coordinator of the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name program and the host of this podcast. Welcome to the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word donate located at the top of the homepage of our newly updated website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services, Toronto, Canada. This is the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. Today's guest has joined us by telephone. Okay, welcome to today's episode of Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast. And today we are going to be joined by pre-lawyer, retired lawyer and author of Peace and Good Order, The Case for Indigenous Justice in Canada. He's also wrote um, other books he can tell us about. And um, his name is Harold R. Johnson. So welcome, Harold. Welcome to our podcast today. Thank you for having me. Okay. Harold's joining us by telephone today. Um, so let's get right into it. I want to ask a really broad question, a really general question about justice. Um, can Indigenous people get justice in Canada? No. Because there's no such thing as justice. Mm-hmm. Justice doesn't exist. They just made that shit up. <laughs> it's just a, and it, it comes out of the Bible. Uh-huh. It's judgment day shit. Uh-huh. That's where this justice idea comes from. And it's about punishment. Yeah. And people don't take the time to think what is justice. Yeah. We don't have it in our communities. Uh-huh. It's a foreign concept. You look at nature, well, you look at everything we know. A deer is eaten by wolf. Uh, Where's the justice? Mm-hmm. Mosquitoes bite. No justice there, actually. But justice doesn't exist in nature. 
It's an imaginary concept that we made up. It's a fiction. Mm-hmm. And law is all about fiction. And you make this stuff up. We make it up and then uh, we tell people it's true. And yeah. they start believing it. And they wonder. Now you... There's lots of things we go through. Now, you've practiced law for many decades, a few decades anyway, and um, can and you say that law should be taught in a trade school. What do you do? You still believe that? We got to get the arrogance out of the legal profession, yeah. and that's all law school does. They boost your ego. They tell you how good you are, how smart you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be smart to get a law degree. I proved that. <laughs> <laughs> but lawyers believe that you have to be smart to be a lawyer and that, and that they're smart and they know something that other people don't know. Yeah. And they think law is hard. Law is not hard. Psychology. You want to do some complex thinking. That's figuring out how ecology works. Well, for how do you do that? Well, in law, you really need. Um, I guess it's all about negotiation. You have you've said be in the past, right? If you have good yeah. negotiation skills, you could probably represent yourself, right? Absolutely. So I guess we we all indigenous people should should go to some um, get some negotiation skills and and uh, just so we're ready, right? No, I didn't. We could get it there at some point, but we're not going to get there today. No, it's not going to change. I mean, no matter how much Harold Johnson screams, they're not going to take down that big circus tent they call justice, pack it up, and go home. Mm-hmm. It's there. So, what do indigenous what do indigenous people need to do to, in order to have a better experience? I guess when in the justice system, what do we need to change? Stay there. Stay out of there. Mm-hmm. Don't get yourself into the justice system, no matter what. Yeah. Stay clear of it. As best as you can. But if you do get in, and you're probably going to get in. So here's some some things to think about. If you are visibly Aboriginal in Canada today, you are more likely to be stopped by police. If you are stopped by police, you are more likely to be arrested and charged. If you are charged, you are less likely to receive bail. At this point, many Aboriginal people recognize the futility of any action and plead guilty to get it over with. If you do go to trial, you're more likely to be found guilty. If you're found guilty, you're more likely to be sentenced to a period of incarceration. If you're in Saskatchewan and you're sentenced to a period of incarceration, that period will be twice 
as long as a non-Aboriginal person charged with the same offence. When you get into jail, you are going to be rated at the highest security rating. You're more likely to spend your time in a maximum security facility. You are less likely to receive parole. You are more likely to be declared a dangerous offender. So me telling you to stay out of the justice system is uh, not very brilliant of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the reality that we're in. And uh, it's hard tinkering. It's about in Section 718-2E that uh, all offenders should have their unique circumstances looked at and jail should be a last resort. Well, judges obeyed that. For white people, I can remember going to court and arguing to do. It was a brand new decision from the Supreme Court. And argued in front of this judge in northern Saskatchewan. And he got angry at me. What do you mean? He shouldn't go to jail because he's an Indian. And then when he sentenced my client, he sentenced him to a longer period than he would have got if I'd have kept my mouth shut. Yeah. The Youth Criminal Justice Act reduced youth incarceration, but it reduced youth incarceration more for white people than for Aboriginal people. So, mm-hmm. saying you can't fix that. It's too broken. There's no place to start. Maybe we need more judges, more lawyers, more crown attorneys in the system who are indigenous, who understand us. Do you think that's the solution? Absolutely not. No. No. They should even stay out of the system. (laughs) No, because all you've done is change the skin color of the judges and the prosecutors and the legal aid lawyers. Mm -hmm. You haven't changed anything else. And unless you change that indoctrination into this huge concept of justice. Uh, those people haven't changed. Yeah. It didn't change me. Mm-hmm. I sent people to jail. I was in the system. Mm-hmm. In the courtroom, I had more power than a judge when I was a prosecutor. I could stay or withdraw a charge. Anytime I wanted. 
A judge cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even with that, I couldn't fix it. The measure of difference would be you hire an Aboriginal judge, an Aboriginal prosecutor, an Aboriginal legal aid lawyer, and you put them to work in a particular territory. And you measure the crime severity index before, since you have a baseline, and then you measure the crime severity index periodically throughout the next several years. I do not believe you will get to a place where crime severity has gone down just because there were brown-skinned judges and lawyers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can reduce crime. There are ways. Alcohol. 95% of the people I saw in court were intoxicated by alcohol at the time that they committed the offense that brought them to court. Mm-hmm. When we went to work, to solve alcohol in the three northern communities of La Ronge, Air Ronge, and the Lac La Ronge Indian Band, and got everybody to work together. Emergency room visits related to alcohol to the emergency room went down 8%. RCMP calls for service related to alcohol went down. Crime in the Lorange area went down. School attendance went up. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it outside the justice system. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that working. What about, I mean, in, in our community here and in this area right now, um, the they're starting to charge um, drug dealers with manslaughter. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're starting to do that more and more in this area. So, I mean, we yeah. do have to change. We have to change how we're looking at the crime. Um, but I, I agree, we also have to change what's going on in our communities. Yeah, so, uh, Crystal Neck. Do you know there's a clinical Crystal Neck? That isn't made in the kitchen sink that the doctors can prescribe? No, I didn't know that. There's a clinical heroin. There's clinical cocaine. Mm-hmm. So I got asked to be on a expert task force with Patty Hajju, Minister of Health, to look at the deaths from opiates and uh, specifically look at incarceration and whether that was a benefit. And the expert task force, after looking at all of the evidence, came back with a recommendation. Uh, before I get there, I'm going to explain where we are now. 
Right now in Canada, we have a Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. Mm-hmm. It covers heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, psilocybin, etc. We have a Cannabis and Vaping Products Act. Tobacco and Vaping Products Act. Sorry. And the Cannabis Act. We do not have an Alcohol Act. But we know that alcohol kills far more people than heroin, cocaine, or methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, and it's all because of race. White people drink alcohol. That's why it's legal. It's the most dangerous one. Mm-hmm. White people drink it. So the government makes sure it's legal for them. They know prohibition does not work. Mm-hmm. They proved that in the 30s with alcohol. Prohibition doesn't work. They told us that when they legalized alcohol. So they know that. So when they went to illegalize heroin, it was because it was perceived as a black person's drug of choice. Mm-hmm. Cannabis had its name changed to marijuana so you could blame it on the Mexicans. And then when too many white boys were getting criminal records and going to jail for cannabis in Canada, we legalized it. So all of this racist structures that have evolved for decades. Yeah. This is where we are. So the expert task force recommended to Patty Hazard. We want to save lives. Prohibition does not work. Let's take all of those acts that we have. Uh, control drugs and substances, tobacco and vaping products, cannabis, and put them together and include alcohol. And you would call it the Harmful Substances Act. And you would regulate all of them exactly the same with a harm reduction approach. So that alcohol, you can still buy it. I don't want to take it away from you. I know lots of people are addicted to it. And they would have seizures if it was taken away. So I don't want to take it away. But I want you to live. So I want you to practice harm reduction strategies. So we'll put warnings on the bottle. Same as tobacco. Same as cannabis. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go with plain labeling. We'll sell it through government uh, stores. So keep it out of the private industry. Well, so it can be controlled. And limit the hours that it's available. So reduce the availability 
uh, but reduced availability to the point where you can't get it. Reduced availability, so you have to struggle a little bit to get it. And that'll reduce the amount that you use. And increased price, but not so expensive that people are doing their own to cut your price. So some science involved in this. And when we were done, and we presented our findings, Patty has you. She said, I agree with you. That's what it's going to take. But I can't do it. I can't do it. Because the conservatives are going to criticize me. They're going to point fingers at me. They're going to say mean things about me. And so, people have to die from alcohol, from tainted drug supply. People have to continue to die because the story is not just the story. If you beat them up bad enough, they'll quit. And we've been doing that for what, 60 years? Mm -hmm. It ain't working. Yeah. That's where we are. That's where we are. Um, well, and also when you get politicians involved, it changes everything, right? They're the only ones who can do it, though. Yeah, that's true. I, I can't change the legislation. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for talking to me today. You have a good evening. Okay, on Bye. Bye. Nyawe, thank you for listening to this episode of the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast, which has been produced by Aboriginal Legal Services and hosted by me, Lisa Venevery. There are 10 episodes in this podcast series. Let's meet again on the next episode. This has been the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word Donate, located at the top of the homepage of our newly updated website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services, Toronto, Canada. This has been the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series.
This conversation with Harold was recorded in December of 2021. Harold passed away February 9th, 2022.